Josh and Dirk. Boys, how you doing? Eh, not too bad. How you doing, Dirk? We're doing pretty good tonight. Yeah. I do have to make uh, one adjustment. Josh is correct in that we are in the fifth season, not the fourth season of the Dented Puck. Uh, I was not here for one of them, which is why my count was off of four. But can't be perfect all the time. Oh, um, I didn't know that either. <laughs> um, so not a, not a whole lot going on. NHL's not not back yet. Um, but I guess this would be a good time to talk. I'm really excited. We're going to be fielding the first full team dented pucks blind hockey team at the St. Louis Dog Bowl uh, at the start of October. I think that's a pretty big accomplishment. We got a good roster of uh, visually impaired and blind athletes and uh, the entirety of the dented puck is going to be the podcast is going to be on the team as well. So that'll be a first. Um, you guys excited? It's going to be definitely going to be different than what we're used to. Yeah, I'm super excited. Um, I haven't played in a fully excited game. I did like a couple of, I've done some pickup hockey, not recently. I did it last year. Um, I actually scored in one of them, um, ironically, but um, it was lucky. But um, uh, no, I'm super excited. I haven't gone to any of these dented puck. Uh, any of the dog bowl things yet. So I'm really excited to go and check it out and to meet some new people and spread the word of blind hockey. So yeah, definitely excited. Oh, I, I'm stoked and I'm so excited. It's, I have it on good confidence that we will not be playing against, uh, against the semi-professional uh, dog bowl, dog nation, St. Louis team. Jared has told us the dog nation, St. Louis team will be playing against. We'll be at our level. All right. Oh, I want to play against the semi-professional guy. Oh, dude, you don't want to play against Tim and the Tim and those other guys. It's just it was comical. I I just I just sat there watching him. I was playing off his his off defense. I'm like, yeah, just go. I'll just play off you. It was <laughs> it was they were just so good. It was fun playing with them. It was, they were an awesome bunch of dudes. Yeah. Um. Uh, but yeah, it's it's going to be great. Uh, they've been they've been great to us. They were they were the team that we actually beat on the pond, um, and then started the friendship because of that. Um, and yeah, what what they what they started for their friend Johnny um, is the same exact type of thing that uh, they do at the original Dog Nation in Colorado. And uh, we're great to be partnered with them. They're they're helping out St. Louis. Uh, Blind hockey also, and they want to be part of blind hockey. So, they're uh, the the guy that runs the team. Jared has uh, he has now participated in every blind try and is the first one to throw the goggles on. And who? Oh, that was Adam, right? Adam absolutely laid him out in the blind scrimmage, didn't he? Uh, I think it was Adam. I think Adam actually gave him a concussion in the blind scrimmage. No, it was his own guy gave him a concussion. Oh, was it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think that Jared's been a really good advocate for our players and our sport, and his willingness to get out there and, and do it is, is just kind of shows that sort of leadership. Um, so I'm really excited to, to be out there and playing and um, you know, Dog Nation does so many good things, and it's such an inclusive environment of all all people and, and types. And um, you know, this week we were really lucky to get Jeremy on, um, who is uh, a hockey player out of Buffalo, New York, who originally was in New Jersey. Correct? 
Yeah, so Jeremy and I have a have a long, interesting, not a very long history, but it's kind of one of those like two ships passing in the night um, a long time ago, and we have a lot of connections. Um, and he's part of the story of how I found blind hockey. Um, when we talk about leaderships in, of in inclusivity, uh, Jeremy definitely stands there, and he's uh, he he's in this field as you'll see, and. Um, he is uh, all in for blind hockey, and you know we have um, we have our volunteers that somehow just kind of trip in and end up volunteering to play in our games. Um, and uh, and ironically, this was one that that tripped into playing in our game, but knew what he was getting into in the first place. So. Um, it was uh, it was an amazing experience to play with him, both sided and in our blind hockey game. Uh, what did you think? I, I thought his uh, story was great. I thought he was. He had a, I thought we had a really good interview, and I think uh, everyone's going to enjoy uh, hearing what he has to say because I, I I really enjoyed hearing what he had to say. So yeah, yeah, I think that Jeremy is definitely one of those guys that takes the hockey is for everyone to heart and, yeah. and lives by that as he should. It was yeah. A, yeah. And it was uh, it was a really awesome interview, and I really enjoyed having him on. I know we all did, and so I hope you guys all enjoy hearing hearing what he's all about. So uh, I know that you um, I know that you found out about blind hockey through through Josh, and I'll let him uh, tell that story. But I guess the, my first question is, what was your first um, impression of blind hockey when you first heard about it? And then how did that compare to when you actually got thrown into the mix? Also, it's funny, Josh um, and I met in Jersey, um, but actually Josh and I went to, college, not, went to college together, but not together. We both went to the University of Maryland at uh, different times. So, when, so that was our common denominator when we first met at a, uh, at a Monday night skate clinic, I believe, in, uh, in Montclair, New Jersey. And so we had the Maryland connection, and he says, I'm blind. I'm like, what are you talking about? You're blind. I'm like, you're out here skating on the ice. He's like, dude, I'm legally blind. I'm like, how does that work? And it was so cool to just see that that he he was in control of the skating and understood, you know, positioning better than a lot of people, you know, fully sighted people um, out there on the ice. And he's a he's a darn good hockey player. So. Um, that opened up kind of the conversation. We followed each other on social media. We started talking to each other more, um, I think, through that at first. And then I, I, he, he showed me the dented puck, um, the website, and I was just amazed. And then and Josh, correct me, because I think it was about a year ago um, when I was still living down there. And I work in media, so I was working for a local station down there at the time. And they were doing something at the, uh, at the Devil's Practice Facility. And we sent a camera crew out, and I actually made a point to come out on, uh, I think it was a Saturday or Sunday afternoon, and, and just watch, and, and was just amazed, because you got the big metal pucks that have the, um, the things in them that make the noise, and to just watch that, anybody who goes to that, you can't not be inspired. It was just such an amazing thing to take in um, and watch, and so that really was my first exposure to it. Um, as an outsider, you know, looking in and I think Josh and I've had some subsequent conversations, you know, about that since, but I really just started to become like a really big fan, um, of, of everything that you guys are doing. Now I'm a big 
inclusion guy. I mean, that's just who I am, what I'm about. Um, you know, for, for my own reasons, you know, I, I play in the, I, I played, I just moved to Buffalo recently, uh, played in the New York City Gay Hockey Association League there, and they do a, you know, a really good job of inclusiveness um, and, and making hockey, you know, truly living the hockey is for everyone um, moniker. But then when you look at what's happening now with New York City blind hockey, it's, or, or with blind hockey in general, I think it's really neat to see that that expands way beyond just what I had known it as in my avenue, in my lane, to a whole other vein. And, and I can pause there for a minute and just, just because the, the whole Buffalo experience is, is in and of itself, you know, another 10 minute conversation probably. Yeah. Yeah. No, I understand. Yeah. And no, that's cool that you play for the, uh, would you say it was the New York City? Yeah, gay hockey association. Oh, that's cool. No, I never even I I I've never even heard of it. I, I know that that sounds awful. I um, it's been hard to follow all the new stuff. Um, but um, that's cool. I didn't even know they had that. That's really great that you that you play for something like that. And I'm glad that they're they're making it inclusive for everyone. Um, and it is yeah. great that they're including us in that too. I'm sorry. Go go ahead. Yeah. No, it's really cool in that. Um, it's not just gay people who play. It's it's gay people. It's allies. It's people who non-binary people, it's people who identify across the spectrum and it's people who want a safe space. And, and, you know, hockey, hockey has gotten in, in its lifetime. I think the sport can get a bad rap for be it toxic masculinity or just being very clicky or that sort of thing. So it's really hard to find your niche if you don't look or act like everybody else in there. And I think that, um, you know, for, for, for that organization, for the NYCGHA, which I've been, um, I just finished a season with them as, as captain of, of one of the rec league teams, um, I think is really doing great things in New York City um, because of that. And there are organizations like that across the country as well. And what's so funny is, as I do more research about blind hockey, it's, there are very, it's a very similar structure, very similar kind of experience with blind hockey across the country and so it's really neat to see that there are these pockets of inclusiveness happening in a sport that you know i personally love very much and have you know i I try to get you know as many people on the ice as i can i was just walking around work this evening trying to figure out if we had enough people to put together a, a hockey team of everybody we work with to field you know maybe next year or something so i mean i'm very passionate about the sport um i think you know, physically it's good, but mentally it's great. It gives me something to look forward to all the time as well. And, and that's why I think it's more than just the typical person who you might stereotype into as a hockey player, it, you know, if you're just an outsider. No, that's great. Thanks for sharing that. I appreciate that. Um, my next question, how did you, um, how did you find out, how did you get wrapped into the whole Buffalo? Uh, you showed up in uh, at Damon University to help out the USA blind hockey training camp. Um, so, yeah, go ahead. Tell us yeah. that story. Well, I was hoping that story would come up. Um, so I knew Josh was in town, but that actually had no- nothing to do with how I ran into you all there on, on that Saturday. Um, I, since I moved to Buffalo six weeks ago, I found a group to scrimmage with and we scrimmage at that rink on Saturdays and Sunday mornings. Um, you know, I wrap up, I'm getting ready to head out and, um, I knew you guys were in town again. I mean, because of Josh, you know, we keep in touch. I was like, I knew you guys were in town. So one of the things about Buffalo that, that I found really cool is just 
coming from New York City, nobody makes eye contact, nobody talks to you, you keep your head down, you walk down the street, and, and you keep to yourself. Whereas in Buffalo, it's a very welcoming community. So um, I was walking out with my, you know, my backpack on, my ear over my shoulder, and um, one of your coaches, uh, or it was, it was the coaches, your host, I think, um, <laughs> I had said, welcome to Buffalo. He's like, actually, I'm from here. I'm hosting everybody. I'm like, oh, well, cool then. Um, you know, one of my friends is here, and I, I think what you know, everything you all are doing is great. And I'm a big, you know, supporter of that. He's like, you play? I'm like, I, yeah, I do. I, he's like, are you around at two o'clock this afternoon? I said, oh yeah, I'm, but I, you know, I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> I, I said, I, I yeah, I, I said yeah, but I, I you know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I don't, I don't, I don't think you want me to play. He's like, no, no, no. Each team has a sighted volunteer. Would you be interested in volunteering? And I'm just like, well, yes. And it was just so, just so random. Just because I, I just said hi, um, all of a sudden I got this invite. And I'm like, it must have been Bob. I mean, I mean, it sounds like Bob. It was Bob. Yeah, Bob. It was Bob. Okay, yeah. <laughs> That's great. And it was just so random in how the whole thing played out. Bob was like, uh, brings pulls me back into the rink, introduces me. He's like, Coach, Coach, come here. He's like, because I guess uh, the sighted volunteer that was playing with you all had gotten a concussion. And so, you know, obviously I can play with concussion. Um, and so it was just kind of a last minute thing. And I really did feel like I was like, well, I'm just any old guy that could have gotten off the street. Um, and the coaches were like, uh, sure. And, and I think they called Josh over. Hey, your buddy's playing. <laughs> and, 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 and Josh is like, I mean, we're like really good. I mean, I, I'm paraphrasing here, but that was kind of what Josh said. He's like, we're like really good. Dot, dot, dot. Eh, I guess you've gotten better over the last year. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're like, Bob's like, hey, Josh, come here. And I'm like, all right, I'm warming up, but cool. <laughs> He's like, hey, your friend's here. And I'm like, yeah, I talked to him like an hour ago. <laughs> He's like you're playing. He's like you're playing with us, and I was like, "Dude, I you just gotta understand. Like compared to them, I suck." <laughs> and I'm worse than Josh. Just you know. <laughs> and he's like, "What?" I'm like, "No, I'm serious." I was like, "I'm blinder than most of them, and I suck compared to most of them. I'm just good at defense." I, I probably didn't help the matter when I was like, and I wasn't trying to scare you. Just for the record, I just wanted to make sure you had your head on a swivel because I'm like, just because we're wearing the same color. I'm colorblind and I may not see you at all, and I can end up running right over you and never lay eyes on you. Um, so just so, to keep so, your head so, on a swivel. Sorry, go ahead. So, no, to go back, you know, if I take it back to rec league hockey, it's not that much different than rec league hockey in New York City. Just so you know, it was it really it really wasn't in, in, in regard to that because there are people who can't stop, there are people who are just learning, they just came out of skate school, so you've got a, a wide swath of skill set. You all are very skilled, um, and that was the first thing that struck me. When I went out there, was, and I'm watching my language very well because of the podcast. I was like, "Holy cow!" <laughs> so that's not what I said. Yeah. When I when I took my first shift out there, and how fast the game moved, how skilled everybody was, and they're going based on the sound of the puck, and it was just I, truly first period. I was I was very emotional about it because I'm like, oh, my God, I have nothing to, to ever make excuses about when they've they've learned to play with a sound of puck. I mean, my game is not good. Again, Josh will attest, my game is not that good. And um, when I can see the puck, and so 
um, from that perspective, it was just like, this is crazy. I mean, they're going by sound. And then there's also the supporting your teammates. You know, we were yellow and black were our colors that day. It's like, yellow, 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 has a puck, yellow, yellow, yellow. And it just took me a period to be able to skate and just start, you know, talking. Because, you know, successful hockey players, no matter who you are, you're very verbal on the ice. You're communicating constantly with your teammates and that sort of thing. The exercise of communicating with your teammates um, in a sighted game is should be happening, should not be considered a luxury. But in this, it's not only not just a luxury, it is a necessity. And so I would say by the second period, you know, I was playing D, and um, I, I would be back by the goal, and be like, left, 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 right, 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 left, right. Okay, Black's got it, we're good, we're good. And really just, you know, getting into it in a way that I hadn't, um, you know, played the sport before. It was, it was so freaking cool. And I think I was telling, you know, everybody would listen to me around the bench. I am just in awe. And at the same time, I am, I was, I feel very, very lucky. It was by happenstance that I, you know, came across Bob. It was by happenstance that I got to play that Saturday afternoon. And um, it just gave, gave me one more depth, one more piece of depth of understanding of just, you know, how many dimensions there are to hockey. And, and by the way, it can make you a better hockey player. Yeah. No, that's great. I'm glad you came out um, and helped us out. We needed that. We needed a few extra bodies because uh, like you said, because of injuries and um, it was, you know, it's, it's always fun to introduce somebody for the first time and to see how they, how they react because it's, it's, it's a very fast game. People don't realize just how fast it, it can get and that uh, it's real hockey. It's just people that don't see good. It is indeed. It's real hockey. First time I had the puck on the stick, I was like, "Oh man, I don't know what to do with this now. I don't know. Do I skate with this? I pass this? How do you know what? What's the the next step?" The other part of that that I thought you know you had to kind of recalibrate your game a little was the what the rules, right? So when you come into the zone before you take a shot on the goalie, you got to pass it to another one of your teammates, which which is which is cool. So. It changes your whole thought process of chasing somebody into the zone, trying to stop, trying to stop the puck, knowing they can't shoot on that goalie until they've completed the pass. And so that was another one of those, you know, halfway through, three quarters of the way through. It's like, oh, wait a minute. We've got to be more strategic in how we do this. We've got to block their second person in, not, not necessarily them, and, and have awareness of that at, you know, at that moment in time. But holy cow, the speed, the skill, the agility – you know, people are catching pucks like you know, like like, like any other hockey game. I don't, I don't know. I'm gushing. I, I'm excited to be here in that I I've told a lot of people this story since it happened. The event happens. You know, playing with you all happens so randomly and so um, you know, just out of the blue. But yet, it's something that has stuck with me ever since. And it's still a story I'm telling today. It's just it's so wild. No, I'm glad you I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um... I'm going to, um, I, I can sit and talk to you all day, but I got to pass the puck on to, uh, I, I think it's, no, it's Drew. Yeah, pass the puck on to Drew and let him ask you some questions. Um, but thank you so much for, for, uh, for your time, man. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, uh, definitely thank you for being brave enough to stand in front of that puck. <laughs> cause, uh, it's, I'm sure if you can actually see the thing coming at you, it's a lot scarier than, than us who just kind of connect with it. Well, and so to that point, you know, too, I was playing with, 
my spare set of equipment and my uh, helmet, I didn't have a full cage. I only had my helmet with my visor here in Buffalo at the time. And, and one of the coaches on the bench is like, just keep an eye on your face. Just because if that thing hits you in the face, you're losing more than two teeth. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Like, duly noted. Duly noted. And I was fine. I was fine. I was cocky. I was fine. And then there was one, because I'm playing D, there was one a shot from the point that was close enough to my head where I could, you know, you could hear it in your, your ears. Like, whoo, I'm like, ooh. Well, that one was a little close. <laughs> it was true. It, it might not have been me. I, I don't usually shoot high. I usually shoot wide. This was high from the point. It might have been me. I'm not going to claim it, but it might have been true. True. Uh, based, based on the uh, showdown, it was definitely you. <laughs> uh, so, Jeremy, can you tell us a little bit about what you do? Because you said you just recently moved to Buffalo. Um, and from yep. before we started recording, I, I know what you do. Yeah. So if you could... yeah, so I, I work in local TV news. And I, I did it for a, a cable station, a regional cable news channel in New Jersey for the last uh, nine and a half years. And now I, I do it for the NBC station in uh, Buffalo, New York. Okay. So, awesome. so, yeah, so it's, it's media. It's um, it's 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 what brought me here but i'll tell you um nine years is the longest te- nine and a half years is the longest tenure place i've i've been because it's the kind of business where you you hop around a lot and that actually um is why my hockey growth was stunted so much is because you live somewhere four years it takes you two years to find a hockey team or it, it, one of the the things and i was just talking about this earlier today to a coworker is one of the things about hockey is, um, you know, it's a team. You, you typically need to know people. It's hard to just go up cold, get placed on a team, and and go. It's much more of the you know, I know somebody who knows somebody who's a captain who's looking for one person to play on their you know bronze level team in the fall. Would you be interested? But that's not until you find the person who knows somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody. So I was. Um, as I moved around in, in jobs over the last, you know, 20 something years, by the time I got established somewhere and got going in different places I lived, Charlottesville, Virginia, Virginia, for instance, had one hockey rink and that went one sheet of ice in the entire area of Charlottesville, Virginia. And then you had to go to Richmond to find more ice. Um, Wilkes-Barre, Scranton, very insular. Everybody knows everybody. There are a lot of people who've lived there all their lives. I never got, you know, off the ground um, there. With, with playing any real uh, consequential hockey. New York City, I'd lived there for you know, nine and a half years. That's really, with the GHA, how I got you know, momentum and traction to really get off the ground, find some teams, play with teams. Of course, and then when all that happened and I found a group to play with, COVID happened and shut everything down for a year and a half, two years. So it just, it seemed like all the odds were against me forever, just getting consistent hockey all the time. And um, when I was recruited here a few months ago, the, uh, the line of their, they, they do a pre-interview where you like, you know, what are your interests? We're interested in you. Um, and I said, I'm a big hockey guy. I'm a big hockey fan. And the recruiter was like, I've got a hockey town for you. And that's not, actually, she, as she said it, she's like, what if I told you I've got a town with a lot of hockey in it? And I'm like, okay, I'm game. I'm interested. And then the next day I heard from the person who's now my boss here, 
it was like two months worth of interviews, but um, here in Buffalo and there's so much ice here. And then once winter comes and outdoor skating happens, there's like quadruple the ice there is right now. So there's a lot of, there's a lot more opportunity here. Granted, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm 47 years old, so I wish I were 27 and going at this rate, but still better late than never. And it's something that I think I can take, you know, for another two decades at least. Yeah. And I think it's, like you said, it's hard to find your, your hockey people. And then when you do, uh, you know, you kind of stick with them through the rest of it. Uh, but moving would definitely be, would take away from the ability to do that. So, it's a challenge. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's cool. Um, did you get picked up because you were doing stick and puck or did you meet them at like a scrimmage? How'd that well, so as it turns out, um, a friend of ours from New York city, Alex friend of ours who played with the NYCGHA moved back here to Buffalo during the pandemic. He's from here originally. Um, you know, when everybody started, when everybody learned they could start to work remotely. Right. And then when it, the whole world changed, when people learned you could work, you know, remotely, he moved back here, continued his job and, uh, but lived in Buffalo. So when we came here, uh, my partner and I, Brian, when we moved up here, you know, he's the first person we touch base with. Um, obviously, we want, we want to find a team. Um, he's also a friend of ours. We've been to his house. We've been out to dinner. Um, he's the one who got us connected with the team now that we're, we're probably playing with this fall at uh, at the same rink in which um, I met you all. Oh, very cool. Yeah. So, you know, so that's good. So that's one league. But, you know, I, I do like skating, you know, three times a week. So the, the hunt for another team still you know, is, is ongoing because for me, there's a lot that goes into work in any given day. It's, it's just a million miles a minute. And the, you know, there's the physicality of hockey, not physical, like, you know, we know it as Tom Wilson physical, but physicality of hockey is, you know, you're doing a lot of cardio all the time, that sort of thing. There's a, there's that it's much more fun than the gym. And then there's B, there's the mental clarity you get when you're out there on the ice, when you can't think about anything else but playing hockey and you know the last couple of years of my old job the place wasn't the same as it was when it, when when i started there nine years prior things were starting to get down and hockey really is what kept me sane but now it, it's more of the it's part of my work-life balance you know i've got work and i've got hockey and i've got whatever else is going on of course i've got family back in maryland but certainly in a you know seven day week here and now that my New York City hockey responsibilities are over. We got knocked out of the playoffs last Sunday. Um, now, now that um, my main gear is here, not my spare gear is here, um, I want to you know, be more involved. I want to be on, on the ice three to four times a week. And I think as we get into the winter, that's going to be feasible. As I meet more people, that'll be feasible. You know, I stand outside. I'm standing in my window right now. I'm looking at Key Bank Center. So, And right next to that is the Sabres practice facility. So... You know, it's it's a really good fit for a lot of reasons for me right now. It's a it's a wild place to live. I'll be honest; I had never been to Buffalo until I uh, until I started interviewing here. I never would have considered living here until I actually was on the ground here and I saw you know all there is to offer in the hockey world. By the way, you tell somebody at work in in New Jersey you play hockey, he's like, "Wow, you're crazy. That's cool." And here it's like, "Yeah, you know, I'm playing hockey in Northtown this fall." I'm like, "Yeah, cool. Me too. I'm on the Simpsons. What team are you on?" I'm like. Oh, oh! I'm I'm gonna be on the I'm gonna be on the Renegades. 
<laughs> so, so it's a little bit different, you know, with re- with regard to that too. It's like, of course you play hockey. You live in Buffalo, you know, right? <laughs> well, I will say that Buffalo deserves a better NHL team. I, you know what? They're. I think this is going to be their year. They're they're on the right. I mean, they're on the right track. I'm a Leafs fan, so I get the sentiment. Well, like I get it. <laughs> they, I've been told that you could buy season tickets to the Sabres. I've been told. I haven't verified this. Buy season tickets to the Sabres, scalp your Leafs tickets, and instantly get 50% of your investment back on the spot. Because so many (laughs) Leafs fans come here to see the Leafs play because it's cheaper to see the Leafs play here, even at escalated scalping rates. (laughs) It's crazy. Yeah, I... Well, I hope I hope Buffalo does better, uh, especially because we did really enjoy being there. You know, there was a lot of good people that we met, and you know that helped us. And so, um, you guys deserve better. It is the city of good neighbors. That said, I, I'm a Caps fan first, but oh. <laughs> boo. <laughs> um, well, I guess I, one of the things that we kind of wanted to talk to you about, since you are in journalism and, and news. Are there any suggestions that you have for our organizations to get more in front of their local news? Because, like you said, there's always a bunch of stuff coming in that that you guys have to sift through and figure out, kind of, or I guess triage it. Yeah. And as far as what's important, so how how do we? What's the best way to get in there and like get a quick two minute story or something? Yeah, you know, and that's the thing because I I was. Um, I forgot. It might have been Bob. I was who was telling me this. They sent out thirty something press releases, and they had you know one bite. And um, I think one of the things that helps is you know personal one on one connections. Now, I, you know, I say that, and I, I don't think we you know we did what I would have liked to have done. But if you know if it happens again next year, then that then we can revisit you know that sort of thing. Newsrooms are inundated, um, and so making connect so one-on-one connections, particularly going on to social, and this is what's interesting. What's changed so much about the business now versus you know 10, 15 years ago is you can connect one-on-one with people like sports directors or assignment managers or planning people, people who are in the periphery of the decision-making process who can help bring your story to the table. And, you know, there is no perfect, there's no perfect way to pitch a TV station because circumstances are so dynamic day to day with regard to news stories, coverage, breaking news always seems to put other feature type things on the back burner. So being able to just, um, have some more personal connections so they know who you are. And it's, it's almost better to do even when you don't have an upcoming event, right? So you left Buffalo, what, two weeks ago. You may be back in Buffalo next year or wherever you're going to go next year. When you know where that is, open up you know, lines of communication immediately. Um, pick a random market, you know, Washington, D.C. Say you're going down to Washington um, next year is start connecting with key stakeholders, sports directors, you know, all these newsroom people, introduce yourselves, say what you're about, and then mention, you know, we're having an event next year on this. 
it's way off. I know you can't commit to anything. I just want it on the radar. And then have touch points. Have monthly touch points. Just be like, we're just however many days away. Stay front of mind. The more you do that, the more front of mind you, you become and you are with those organizations. And I'm using TV as an example, but it's really, it's really true of anything. Um, TV, the, and when I say TV, it's, it's really TV slash digital. It's, it's all of the mediums there that encompass um, the media now because newspapers are doing video, uh, TV stations are doing websites. And so we're all doing the same thing, just in different ways. Um, I think with regard to blind hockey, there is a really cool um, diversity and inclusion story to tell with regard to hockey being for everyone. And that's a big part of what makes the communities we live in better is you know, widening the scope broadening the swath of people that we connect with um, and showing people. Like, for instance, I didn't know blind hockey existed uh, until I met Josh Schneider. Um, you know, we did a story in, in, in the old place um, one weekend about it, and hopefully somebody saw that and was inspired by that, or somebody saw that and knew somebody who they could help recruit into that organization. But there is no one just perfect model for any, any of that. Gotcha. I mean, it makes sense because it's all about building that relationship and making them want to showcase yes. you. Uh, so, no, I appreciate that. That's good information for all of us. We're all, I feel like we're in this stage of blind hockey that we're just trying to grow and reach more of the blind and visually impaired community and finding the right paths to go uh, is is always going to be the first challenge. Well, and, and, and the headline of blind hockey is eye-catching, right? What do you mean blind hockey? People are, there. there's blind hockey? It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. It's in, And so, you know, hopefully we can all, all take that advice and, and just make sure that we're being a little more um, proactive. That's what I was looking sure. for. Proactive in our, our attempts to, to spread the word. Uh, but... Thank you so much. I'm actually going to pass you over to Josh uh, now to wrap up our, our segment. Josh, um, I'm glad you paid this guy to say so much good stuff about you on this episode. I'm sure it's going to be your favorite one. <laughs> he didn't pay me. Let, let's just be clear. I was not the one who made the initial invite. Just leave, leave that there. That, it happened in the locker room, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and Josh wasn't on my <laughs> team. I was, I'd, yeah, I, there you go. There you go. Um, so, but I don't know if we've ever officially talked about this. You know, that's that 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 show you ran for some reason. My can't say that word, but I was doing dishes, and for some reason, I had NJ12 on, which I don't know why I would have had NJ12 on. <laughs> and I'm and like I've told the story so many times, I'm literally just here at the corner of my ear, and I'm like. Disabled people pl playing sports that never thought they could play, and that's how I found out about it. That's what just makes this even more weirdly like ha again. And then at the end, I thought you just walked up to the rink and was like, "Hey, I just want to watch practice for watch Josh's practice for a second. Say hi." That's why I was like, "Yeah, what's up, dude?" 
I, I, yeah, I'm not surprised you're here. <laughs> oh, that's, I see. That makes sense. Um, that's why I was like, oh, like I figured you walked up and they were like, they're like, hey, yeah. what's going on? And you're like, oh yeah, I'm Josh's friend. And then they were like, hey, you want to play? <laughs> so that's, which again makes it just so, it's just oddly by chance every time. Like the initial, like, what was it? Did you message me on Instagram? Like, hey, are you the guy that works at Maryland? Yes, yeah, that's right. And then I don't know if you remember this, Josh, but the first skate at Montclair after the pandemic, I was out on the ice with a Maryland jersey, you know, whatever. And you come up to me like, because, you know, hockey gear, right? You have a helmet on. I had a cage on at that time. Uh, and you, come up, you came up to me. He's like, hey, you went to Maryland? I'm like, Josh, it's Jeremy. <laughs> You're like, oh, hey, man, you know I'm blind, right? I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, I, I know that's nice to see, sort of thing. Wait, but what jersey was that? Uh, at that time, it was the um, it was the red, I think it might have been the Terps roller jersey hockey that they had. I had gotten, I think, on eBay or something. Um, but now I have the official ice hockey ones because the, the team was, was selling them again a few months ago. So I have the, the red and black versions of that one which I've yet to sport up here in Buffalo, but it's the, like the, uh, the black man, because if you're biased here, the Maryland flag really is the best flag. Probably. I mean, you've got the, the checkered and you've got the red going on and it just, you know, the Maryland flag, it sticks out. Just so you weren't sure everybody else, Tom Wilson, he's obviously a Cavs fan. <laughs> and that's just, that's just the, uh, like, it wasn't like how we refer to Tom Wilson. It was kind of in reverence of Tom Wilson. Yes, yes, yes. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Oh, uh, it's, it's the shame we're down on today. <laughs> um, so I, I wanted to get into something that was that was a, a little, you kind of touched on before. Um, and Dirk kind of got into it, and, he, and you, you went with it anyway. So, um. Uh, I've actually, my sister is, is married to a girl, has been married to a girl for a while. I've been around, um, around gay culture for a long time to the point where, um, I've, I've called it with enough people, including one that I played hockey for, um, who we actually both mutually know. Um, and, uh, a lot of people don't know that, uh, through a lot of our talking, like, I was kind of that guy that got under your skin that said what needed to be, that would say dumb stuff to get under people's skin. And like stuff that I would not now now know is a lot worse than when I was 19 and 20 and saying dumb stuff like that. Um, and, uh, so you are one of the specific reasons that I wear, that I use pride tape because like, (laughs) Say something to me, <laughs> um, because I, I because there's no need to it in from what the people who I've played with with you at at NYC GHA, uh, and the people I've met through that and Hard Pass, it's the the idea of inclusion is something that's so needed in hockey, um, and uh, I I know. <laughs> I know we've kind of we've kind of talked about this. Can you kind of explain how uh, how you found NYCGHA and and what they do? 
Um, because I know that's kind of you kind of talked about it a little bit, but I feel like this would be a good time to plug. Yeah, that's a that's a lot to unpack. Um, there there's a, a lot going on there. So first, you know, first and and foremost, um, you know, hockey is for everyone. Hockey is for everyone. Hockey is for everyone, right? They they say it. Yeah. How do you live it? And so, for me, um, I probably could get away with playing anywhere and being quiet and just being me and not have anybody, you know, say, Oh, Hey man, whatever. But when you, you know, when you do that, people feel the liberties to say anything they want because they don't know. And, um, and that happened to me, you know, Josh, you know, that happened to me at one time, not that long ago. And, um, and I, and I shared that with you. I didn't share that with a lot of people. I shared it with you. I guess now I'm sharing it in the podcast. So, but, um, yep. <laughs> um, so, so that goes to show you that the idea of inclusion in hockey isn't outdated, isn't an antiquated, isn't something we don't need anymore, but rather representation is important. And so uh, Josh, I mean, I will say Josh skates with pride tape all the time, um, which is very meaningful for somebody like me because it's like oh hey okay he's cool like if he knew that's fine uh and and so why you know why is something like pride tape important well because it says hey i'm down i'm an ally i get it i i think when you talk about something like the nyc gha a place like new york city and i think a lot of metropolitan areas you know you've got a higher concentration of diversity. You've got a higher concentration of people, so therefore you've got a higher concentration of more people of, of every background, whatever it may be. Um, the GHA for me is a really, it was a really significant um, starting point, launching point for hockey because you knew that you could screw up and they could call you a lot of things, but they're not going to call you any of the really bad, bad things. And you know, six and stones and all that. I mean, you can be immune to that, but, but things like that will break you down over time. And I think what the GHA offers, for instance, right? I was the captain of a GHA team this last uh, season. I am not a great hockey player, but that's, they're not looking for great hockey players in their captains. They're looking for people who espouse the spirit of the GHA, which is, you know, a safe place to get better at hockey, a safe place to learn hockey, to be with your friends and so forth. And so that's why I don't know the official breakdown. I should probably, but the official breakdown of the GHA of, you know, LGBTQ plus people identifying people is probably only around 45, maybe 50%. Um, I'm sure I'll get called out on those numbers, but they're not, it's not more than, you know, 50%, I don't think. They're but the idea is it doesn't matter. Correct. Right? It's, it's bigger than that. And probably if you're hitting the reboot on the branding, it's, you know, New York City inclusive hockey. It's New York City inclusion. It's New York City people who, you know, all respect everybody's rights and abilities to be able to just enjoy the sport, which, you know, is good for the sport because the more people who play, the better the sport, you know, the better it is for the sport. So I think all of those things um, align. How did I run, you know, how did I find out about the GHA is, a, you know, an hour conversation, but um, I knew some, I met somebody, the person I'm with right now, 
who, um, you know, we've been together for the last two and a half years. You know, I mean, Josh, you've met Brian. We've ridden in the car over to, to City Ice together. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, um, you know, we both play. And so we, we are a hockey family here. If you looked at our guest bathroom right now, there's hockey equipment all over the place. You don't want to open the door. Um, <laughs> to, 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 to that guest bathroom right now. If anybody comes to visit in Buffalo, we'll clear it out before then. But it is, um, it's, it's just such a great sport. You know, everybody should be able to play. Nobody should feel iced out, no pun intended, but mm-hmm. from, from it. Um, and so whatever you can do to punctuate that, no matter who you are, um, you know, yeah, it's just about getting, getting more people into my, you know, what I consider to be the most fun sport. And, and so from that end, um, you know, I'm here for it. And that was, that was why, for a lot of reasons why I said, yeah, I'd be the captain. I love this. Um, I love the positive energy, the inclusiveness, because you don't always get that. You know, you can get, you can end up on, you know, a bad team with a lot of toxic people who are always fighting the refs, who are always bringing everybody else on the bench down because they, you know, they didn't cover the point, they didn't cover their person, or they didn't do this, or they didn't do that. That's not what all hockey is like. And I think you need to, you know, lift people up to give them the confidence they want to play, or you lose, you know, good quality people in the sport. Absolutely. And that, I, I, there's a, a semi ulterior motive to kind of having this conversation with you because we've got a lot of, a lot of our players who grew up relatively in blind hockey are kind of looking for a more inclusive environment to learn hockey. Kind of, you know, I had no problem hopping with you guys because I know you guys and hard pass because I know that type of inclusive environment. No one's going to turn around and look at me and say something when I, when the puck goes completely flying past no, me. It's not, the kind, it's not the type of and, people we play with. Yeah. And the same thing when I tell people, they're like, you're what? It's not kind of like, it's not really a double take. It's more of a like, I can't even say anything that now I'm interested. Right. And that's kind of like, you know, I've been in enough locker rooms and said it. And I've, said, I've gotten so many reactions and so many guys like walk out of locker rooms like they feel terrible. Well, um, but it, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, I would to that end. Sometimes it's and and, you know, Josh, I've noticed that more in the suburbs, not to pick on the suburbs. You notice that more the further rural you get where people just have less interactions with other people, with people of different backgrounds, that sort of thing. And so I think that you bump up against that surprise factor and it's not from a malicious standpoint it's just from a lack of exposure lack of experience standpoint yeah and so that's what everybody needs good pr you know every organization needs good pr and everybody just needs to have like the word out on all of these things just like i didn't know as much about blind hockey as i did until i met a met you josh so you are essentially an ambassador of that as i may be an ambassador of the gha but then that's one step. I then had an awareness. But then to know about blind hockey, play with you guys, right? It's not just a bunch of people skating around the ice. It is some serious hockey. It's fast. It's skillful. And it adds truly another dimension that most hockey players never experience, which is just that descriptive 
um, experience, right? Again, I talked about at the top. I talked about telling the goalie to the left, to the left, to the left, to the right, to the right, to the right. Oh my God. Okay. No, I'm going to get it. No, no, no. The other team has it now. <laughs> that's, you know, a whole dimension of hockey that most people don't experience. And that's what I said. You're supposed to be communicating on the ice, but nobody's really incited hockey. Nobody's communicating to the degree that which folks in blind hockey are communicating. But that's an advantage. That's a skill set that you can parachute into with another group, with a, with a group, and, and then have you know a leg up on. If that makes sense. No, absolutely. Um, and actually, I think that's probably a great way to to end it because that's a that's a awesome segue into kind of let, letting people head head their way into the world of more inclusive hockey. So I want to thank you personally for coming on. Uh, and again, and again for playing with us in in uh, Buffalo. Um, good luck with your job. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, it means the world. Seriously, though, it does mean the world to say that I wasn't. You know, I was so inspired by the situation. I, you know, I've told people, but that the emotion I felt on the bench in that first period, I cannot tell you just how. You know, whatever your problems are, everything is overcomable. Right. Whatever, whatever shortcoming you may have in one area, you can overcompensate somewhere else. And I think the you know, lesson is nothing is impossible. And um, there's just there, there's so much. If there's a will, there's just so much out there that can really lift you up and, and help you follow those dreams, whatever it may be. Being played hockey or anything else.